Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of, the podcast where we explore the struggles of life, the challenges of mental health and recovery, and the spaces between. We express our personal views on life here, and this podcast is not meant to replace medical advice or tell anyone the right way to live. This podcast is best used as a place of curiosity and questioning to accompany you on your journey. Be aware there is strong language. Here we go. One mood is at you at this time. Why do you get high to change the sea or end? Let me just tell you, the benefit of being an avoidant person is that, like, I would just go, oh, well, we're just not friends anymore. <laughs> like, like I just don't I guess we won't ever talk again <laughs> and not care and just ghost that person completely like, that's, I, I that's an that. avoidant attachment style <laughs> person's re- reaction to that yeah. is like oh three people need my attention two of you aren't in my life anymore <laughs> so I'm insecure anxious until I hit that moment and then self protection takes over and I become the fucking most avoidant person you'll <laughs> see, right? And, but this is where the challenge of my life has also taken me, Billy, and having that, what I've just generally done is always ended friendships when we weren't around each other every day. Right. Like I, I never got the benefits of continued communication and what it you know, some days I don't feel like sending that long text to my friend, right? But like that continued nourishing of that friendship helps me when I don't have it. And that's what I missed for a long time in that. I was like, oh, fuck it. You hurt me. I'll cut you the fuck out one day. Like, I know I'll hit that moment. And then we're done forever. (laughs) Or being just like regretful when I would have a friend like move or do something different. And I didn't see him all the time. And then just being like, I guess that friendship's over because I'm not willing to put in the work (laughs) to maintain it at any level. Well, and but then it's that narrative, right? That self-judgment. I'm not willing to put in the work to maintain it any better, which is truly what I got programmed for is that I don't have a concept in my body of what the reward of that feels like. So I have no concept of a desire thing to hmm. move towards it. Right. You know, you get trained that things taste good and then you want more of them. So you have an, uh, an energy that comes up when you think about eating that specific thing. It's the same with everything else. And like, we never got exposed to what it feels like to take care of yourself or none of us would have ever abandoned it. Because it feels fucking great. I can tell you. <laughs> I love the moments when I'm able to actually remember to take care of me. And I'm not some fucking guru. I fuck this up all the time, right? But when I do, holy shit, it is relieving to know that somebody's got my back. To know that I'm not going to be stuck in one of those overwhelming like spirals of anything. Because I'm going to take care of me no matter what. God, that's awesome. It just feels nice. I don't know. Sorry, I'm bad. <laughs> so, where we go from here? So... 
I don't know which attachment style I am, but I'm the one who, if I feel the relationship pulling away, I'll be like, I'll, I'll keep going and keep going. Like, and I'll do that two and a half hour drive to, 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 to hang out for an hour yeah, or anxious. Put, and I'll, <laughs> anxious. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll put up with shit you should not put up with. Right. Okay. Right. Abandon I'm, I'm anxious. Yeah. Straight anxious. Cause I, in, well, it might have some, the, it's called insecure anxious for, for kids. Oh, it's actually a different brand. It's called something else for adults, but I don't pay attention okay. to all that. It's ridiculous. Now, I don't. Do yeah. It gets tricky with the, uh, so talking about the book though i just recently listened to this audio book it was anxious and it's all about i mean uh, attachment and it's all about different attachment styles and where it comes from and all that stuff and this is where like depending on who you listen to there seems to be slightly conflicting information uh some people say that it's like from your childhood and then you take that attachment style and that's just kind of what you are and then other people will say well no it's more uh whatever malleable than that like y your attachment style can change a lot if you were to get older and get in a relationship and then be in a relationship with say an abusive person or a cheater or something like that you know so it can uh be more malleable i don't know which is which i tend to look back at like my early childhood life is very i can see how i would end up the way that i am based off my early childhood mm -hmm. life but more or less People are raised to be either securely attached or insecurely attached. And like a, sur a securely attached person is like healthy. They tend to be able to set healthy boundaries. You know, if you love them or don't love them, they're okay either way. They don't stay in relationships that are like abusive or neglectful or any of those things. They're able to see that and be like, whoa, hey, red flags, I'm out. <laughs> Whereas like insecurely attached people tend to not do those things they'll stay they'll chase love and intimacy uh even when it's not healthy or not good for them and then in the insecurely attached there's either anxious or avoidant and then a various you know uh levels of those things in between but the anxious person being the one uh, that you just described like they want love and attention so much that they'll like if they feel like a person's pulling away, then they'll like ramp it up and pursue that attachment because the thought of it going away, you know, is, I guess, debilitating or whatever. So they'll go to crazy lengths to maintain relationships. And this isn't necessarily just in romantic relationships either. This right. can be in friendships or other relationships too. Um, and then the avoidant person is almost the other way. Like if they feel like a relationship's starting to get like too close or too intimate, they'll sort of pull back and be like they want their independence. They want their own space. They want, uh, you know, I need my own stuff. Like I don't want to be strapped down, that kind of thing. Now the trick there, though, is even though that's the avoidant person's attachment style, ultimately they still want closeness and intimacy in their life. They just want it at a distance that they can control and manage they don't want someone too close in their space. So they want a close relationship, but only as close as they are comfortable to establish that boundary. So it's like closeness with a wall. <laughs> you know. Can there be a blend? I know you said it was malleable because I'm definitely, I think, different now than I was 10 years ago. But can you be anxious attached and avoidant attached? Yeah. So they say that's okay. pretty rare that a very low percentage of people are anxious avoidant, but 
I think that that's probably a higher percentage, like in recovery and at, <laughs> you know. Because, I mean, I'm thinking back, like, yes, I've chased people because I want their attention. And then there's sometimes there's people who are too into me, friends or romantic. And I'm like, get away from me. And I'm like, like just like ghost some of those people. Like, I just can't even. Yeah. Yeah, I think we got it wrong. I got to be honest. From our research, I think the research has got it all fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Uh, securely attached, I- I'm sure maybe these people exist. They're not the people I meet in my life. I've hung out in 12-step rooms, and now I meet people through therapy. Like, the book use 60%. They're out of their fucking minds. Of people it's are securely attached. In, in the United States? Uh, I, <laughs> I can't say whether that was the world or the United States, but they threw out a a vague 60 some percent just assuming that we consider the united states is the world and everything movies about alien invasions and anything else we talk about and like we're definitely not surveying people in i don't know parts of africa or anything because we don't care about Mm -hmm. black people mostly when we do surveys it's only white (laughs) people anyway (laughs) i'm gonna assume it's probably talking about the u.s people i'm gonna assume whether it's the world or not that's fucking crazy hell five percent feels like it to me yeah That's ins- no, felt like what? a lot to me too. We, what year was that book? What year did that book come out? Uh, yeah, it's recently wrong. or not? Recently? Probably recently. Enough. Oh yeah, fairly recently. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't. I don't know. I don't believe that. But anyway, we definitely have <clears throat> insecure, anxious attachment, insecure, avoidant attachment, and then this third category. And these are the the again the childhood versions because for some reason while we were doing this research, whoever did the adult version of these same four categories generally. Called them something else, I guess, to get money out of their own program of attachment. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So they change names uh, when you turn 18, apparently, even though they're the same shit, uh, which is huh. stupid already. There is another one called disorganized for kids, um, which says that you're kind of chaotic and don't really know. You got a mishmash of everything coming at you. And none of it was stable enough to get anything. I think that's wrong. I don't think that's accurate. I like the idea of this attachment and how it interplays between people and the meaning of that and everything. I do think we very closely follow our parents' relationship and and what we got out of that. And we usually tend to end up with a spouse and friends who have a lot of similar qualities because they're that's what we're programmed for. But I think kind of but more in line with um, IFS, internal family systems, and this idea that we have multiple parts. Right. And I show up in different ways, depending on which parts of me get triggered in my nervous system. Is it the four year old me who needed that insecure, anxious attachment because his parents had to feed him and protect him? Or is it like 15 year old traumatized me that's showing up that's like, fuck the world. I don't need any of you. So I think we show up in different attachment reactions, depending on the the role play in front of us and where we get taken back to in our parts. Um, and I think we are very often much more than one or the other at different times. I don't think we're static at all. Like I, like I was just explaining, I am a very insecure, anxious, I will chase you and hunt you down until that fucking flip disconnects. And it says, nope, we're going into your dorsal vagal nervous system. You are going to be shut down and disconnected and you don't give a fuck about that person or anything else. You're fine and safe now. So I, that's right there, me flipping from one to the other. Like, I don't know. Am I disorganized and really screwed up and part of the, the minority? Possibly. But I think many of us have this experience of some people come on strong and they're not our flavor. And we're like, I don't need you. We're their flavor. We hit their attachment notes, but they don't do it for us. So we don't feel compelled to continue or go out of our way to get it, right? We work towards the reward. And the reward that was programmed for us is that parental caregiver relationship type reward. 
So that's what we keep trying to get. Yeah, and so that book came out in 2019, apparently. Um, but the way I guess it, I what I took away from at least this particular book was that that attachment style, and it ties in with something Jen and I had heard recently about, like the imago and how you pick a partner that's either similar or reinforces ideas from your childhood. Um, is that like during your childhood and your upbringing, like that's what you associate with love and connection. So if your parents are like loving and supporting and nurturing and there for you, then that's what you assimilate with love and connection. But if your parents were, let's say like an alcoholic where they were like neglectful or, you know, not available or whatever, then you might be avoidant. If your parents were, uh, you know, all of what do they call that? Like a uh, helicopter parents where they were like all in your shit and all on top of you all the time. And you, you know, then your anxious attachment style, because I guess whatever your upbringing is, is kind of what you then assimilate to like love and connection. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. That's a great summary. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's probably terrible. They're probably... T- <laughs> you know what? If you told me the statistic that the chaotic attachment was 60%, that I would believe. Like, yeah. not the secure attachment. I'm more, I'm more likely to... Well, the way... It. And it, yeah. again, I, the way it describes it in this book is that the reason it might seem like they're way off is that because mostly securely attached people are, like, in healthy relationships, having healthy lives, doing other things. They're not in the dating pool. They're not out, you know, who's out in the dating pool all the time are anxious or avoidant people because, you know, they're the ones that can't maintain healthy long-term relationships mm-hmm. when they're caught up, you know, when they're uh, attachments to... Attachment style is like triggered, you know, that's when the relationship starts to go bad. So, like, you can get in a relationship and it can be good and healthy, and then one thing triggers someone's attachment style, and then it goes into some unhealthy place. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think of it that way. Yeah. (laughs) And then it goes into a whole thing about how, like, avoidant people typically don't get in relationships together because neither of them has the enough interest (laughs) enough interest to maintain the relationship and usually anxious and avoidant people will end up attracted to each other because Mm -hmm. you know there's that push pull thing which is what my wife and i are you know that's what we do um but that like a healthy person can get in a relationship with an unhealthy person and then become very unhealthy. So you could have like a secure attachment style, 
get in a relationship with an avoidant person and then you become anxious. Like that's your reaction to them pulling away or them, you know, having other interests or whatever. If you pursue that relationship, that'll pull you into some unhealthy place. So it is like Jason said, it is kind of changes. It's it's not just static. Oh, and that was the other thing it said. Those aren't these aren't like personality traits they're like learned behaviors from experiences so they can be changed with healthy practices therapy counseling you can develop healthy you know boundaries and things like that to change those things about yourself you're not stuck with that for the rest of your life i 100 percent agree with that because i am like doing my best to give myself compassion and loving kindness and gentleness in all these moments and i feel like i am differently attached i don't feel as reactive to things going bad in relationships or i don't need to take care of it right this second right okay i'll sit on that it'll be there later if i need to respond like and i think it's from taking care of myself and and convincing myself that i i will still have people to count on i will still have people to give me a hug like it it is feeling more secure in my attachments to life, I guess, or to myself, to where I don't need to put it all on this, this relationship to meet all everything, I guess. Yeah. And it's weird, like with my wife and I, so me being avoidant and her at least used to be very anxious all the time, we would be into that sort of push pull thing. Like what I loved about her was that she was so pursuing of me, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm trying to maintain a distance you know, and then as soon as she almost is what you said, as soon as she says, well, wait a minute, I can't put in any more like I'm yeah. being hurt here. This isn't working. And she starts to pull back when I'm not when she's not doing the pursuing. I all of a sudden am like, whoa, wait a minute. I am interested and I love you and I want to be close. And But it's like I always need to maintain that distance, you know, but if she starts pulling away, I'm going to start pursuing her. But then as soon as she starts leaning back in and getting too close, I'll go back to be like, whoa, wait a minute. I need my space. I need. And a lot of that's subconscious. It's not like a conscious decision where I'm like, oh, it feels like she's being too smothering. It's like it'd be subtle things like, well, I have this interest over here now or, oh, I want to go get into this new thing or I'm going to focus all my energy on work Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's very subconscious. And her. Being anxious is very subconscious. You know, she doesn't intentionally do it. It's not intentionally overbearing or whatever, but that's, it's like all subconscious shit that we do in these relationships. And so with my wife, like I think almost the opposite, like she got really healthy first. Like she has gotten pretty secure. She's still got a little bit of anxiousness there, but she's way, you know, more secure than she ever was. Which in the last couple years has caused me to be like, whoa, I need to do more work on our marriage because all of a sudden she's not pursuing and doing, she's not being the glue that's holding it together and this shit's going to fall apart if we don't start doing something. So You had me thinking a while back when you said avoidance don't generally get together and like the time when I see this is when somebody gets out of a relationship where there was a lot of hurt, a big hurt, usually abuse, right? And they're like the insecure, anxious attachment. And then they go into their dating very, very guarded, very protected, very, I will never let that happen to me again. They've almost become an avoidant, right? But then they meet another avoidant and they go on those few dates and it's like, 
they're the ones that are telling their friends, I don't know, there's nothing wrong with him. He just, he's just not that interesting, right? Or, you know, yeah, she seems fine and nice, but she's not very exciting, right? It's, it doesn't have that spark that the attachment right. thing does, right? But some people, uh, whether it's the council, their family, their friends, whoever, go with it. They're like, but there's no red flags. I'm going to keep trying it and see what happens, right? Because some people are definitely of the opinion and give the advice, oh, love is something that's created over time. And, and I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with that. I kind of actually totally agree with it. But um, I think that's when they can end up together. And then you just kind of, at least in my experience, what they express is kind of just like this, everything's just even keel all the time they got a very responsible partner they're happy for that and it's like that song uh another old lang syne i don't know if you guys are familiar with that mm -hmm. one the christmas song is this an eminem song no no this is <laughs> you, you definitely know this song but he says um he's given the story of how he ran into a, like an old flame of his and they got beer because the liquor store was closed because it was snowing it was like christmas eve or new year's eve or something and then they talk in the car while they drink the beer and she talks about how she married him she married her, her an architect that kept her warm and safe and dry. She would have loved to said she loved him then, but she didn't want to cry. Like hmm. that kind of idea, like settling for that safe person. That's when I feel like that happens. Hmm. But just, I don't know. I don't know if that's so, interesting I mean, for our podcast or yeah, not. Well, the way it described it in the, the book, and it reminded me of something we had Caroline on a couple of weeks ago and her talking about going out with a date with this guy who seemed really nice and seemed really great, but they just didn't have that spark, right. you know, but then her going on to describe herself as an anxious, you know, person in a relationship. And the issue there is if he's not an avoidant personality, she's not going to get that spark. Mm -hmm. Like that avoidant personality right, right. is what sets off that spark. A safe person who was like, Oh, I don't know, whatever, yeah. you know, like it, that, that secure person who's not sort of threatened or not mm -hmm. acting like he's going to pull away doesn't hit those notes that right. she's used to that she recognizes as love or recognizes as connection. So we get conditioned to to be attracted to the wrong thing, <laughs> yeah. to associate love with the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah I, growing up, so my dad was like absentee, workaholic, alcoholic. So when I did have dad time, it was very exciting. He would go over the top, you know, and it was like, mm -hmm. you know, he would be like extra funny uh, or, you know, do something extra exciting in the community or like, oh, we're going to uh, Great Adventure, you know, New Jersey. You know, like it was always like over the top. So then th I think that's what I associated with love, like romantic love. I had to find somebody who was like over the top, you know, like that's how you showed me love yeah. me. But then also like I had to chase that. And then it was like super exciting. I definitely saw that pattern in my hmm. my dating years. I don't know how I ended up with James because he's like very even keel. I think you're talking about like we can fuck up our partners. I think I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I made because he was he's very normal. He had like a like I've heard of his like dating and relationship life. And it was very like well paced and calm. Whereas mine was like erratic maybe a bit too much like <laughs> mm. and i was like how did you end up with me because he's been very like like even in my like darkest craziest drinking days he's he stayed with me like he he wanted to leave but he stayed probably because it's so hard to get a divorce <laughs> <laughs> um and thank god i did find recovery and, and we're cool now but like he i don't know how this normal man ever 
was going to say he was probably like yeah. secure <laughs> because they say like a secure person, it, if you're an insecure attachment style or an anxious attachment style, whatever, like you can uh, get with a secure person who's going to make you feel safe and then you'll calm down. I guess almost like you described the nervous system mm-hmm. is how they describe attachment style. Mm-hmm. Like it's a thing inside of you that gets ramped way up. So if you're with a secure person, then your anxiousness doesn't really come up that much because you feel safe and you feel loved and you know it's good. The only time it gets triggered is when it feels like that person's pulling away or when it feels like that person's becoming avoidant. And then, like, anxious people are, like, super sensitive to any signs that the person might be pulling away or that there might be some kind of distance. It might be something as subtle as, like, oh, I called, you know, and they hit the ignore button on the phone today because, you know, that means they're mad at me and they don't love me. And then you call five times, Uh you know. It's like that that kind of sensitivity to any sort of even perceived like rejection can trigger that attachment style to ramp up. So if you have a secure person who then calls you back, oh, no, I'm sorry. I was in a bad cell section. I didn't hit the ignore button. That'll calm that, you know, attachment style down. But if the person's like, oh, well, yeah, I was busy, you know, then. Then the next time it happens, it's going to be worse, and that person's attachment style is going to trigger even more. I, I thought this was kind of maybe I should just say this. I, I yes, <clears throat> the attachment triggering is absolutely tied into this core belief system we have that is the warning sign that's cueing the danger in the nervous system. Like that triggering of attachment is the nervous system ramping up for a survival event, right? But because the story in our head is that if this thing happens, this relationship dies. Right. Right. And that's unacceptable because then I die because I can't live without this or whatever. So, yeah, this is absolutely tied into the nervous system for sure. That is what is guiding the whole process. <laughs> but the attachment part is that underlying core, like felt sense belief, I'll call it that body experience of believing safety in different moments and what it looks right. like. I I don't know. And this is where like. I don't know that we know as a people. I don't know that I've formulated a full enough theory to have a true belief one way or the other. But like where my questions come in about this secure person, supposedly in this relationship that just explains it out and it's okay and makes them feel safe is like, and and I get it in 2023, the caveat here is that it is really, really fucking hard, if not impossible for a lot of people to leave their relationships once they are in them and they have their bills intertwined and they're both put into the mortgage and rent or whatever. Like this is a luxury thing here to be able to leave a relationship. And I want to just acknowledge that because it's crazy um, that we can't have healthy relationships because we're not allowed to leave them. But my question is, okay, I'm that secure attached person. Jenny says, why did you ignore my call? And, And I say, but she she's not securely attached. So she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why did you ignore my call? And right. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hey, slow down. I was busy, right, the first couple times. But at some level, my secure attachment is really also saying that I have a healthy way of being. That's what my parents taught me. And I'm going to say, hey, if you can't chill out, like nobody's allowed to really react like that and talk to me that way. That's not cool. And if you can't find a way to do that, I, I need to be on my way to find somebody who can. Because that's what feels good for me. And I was, that's my, like, I don't know securely attached people stay. I, that's what I'm saying. I, that's where it's hard for me to oh, picture yeah. that. So, and I guess, again, all this is all theoretical. Yeah, so, yeah, of course. 
if that one of the big and this is where I'm like, wow, that's fascinating because uh, as an avoidant person, I don't do this at all. But securely attached people apparently are very good at like picking out the emotional uh, things there and being like, oh, I'm really sorry. I could see how me hitting the ignore button might have hurt your feelings. Yeah. And, you know, I, I apologize for that. But, you know, this is what happened. And, and mm. you know, whatever. Like the next time that happens they're not going to be all freaked out. They're okay. not going to be all anxious at an 11. Yeah. You know, they're going to be anxious at an 11 in the beginning, but if you can calm that down, maybe their next anxiouses are only like a 6 or a 7. And they might still get anxious, but you can usually calm them down and yeah. bring them back to a safe place and then then that person's not triggered all the time. Okay, I'm 100% on board with this. Yeah. Because this is exactly what I'm saying we need to do as parents that we missed when we were kids and that we need to do for every human. So, and a, a big part of this book also is identifying your partner's attachment style so right. that you can help, you know, manage, I guess, if you want to say it that way, each other. And you can do things to sort of deregulate your partner's attachment style. And this book is called Attachment? Attached. The New Science of Adult Attachment and How It Can Help You Find and Keep Love. Oh, so, nice. And that's on Audible? Uh, I listen to it on Audible. Cool. I mean, I'm sure there's actually a paperback version somewhere, uh, wherever you get yeah. paperback Maybe books. that's if, still a thing. If people know. still do that in this century, right. I don't know. <laughs> well, we have our Audible link that we'll put up underneath of this. If you guys don't have an Audible account, you can go there. You can purchase the book, I believe, or sign up for an free trial of an audible account which will let you listen to it for a month without paying anything then you just got to remember to cancel if you don't want the extended pay version of the the uh service but um that gives money to us that we then donate on to the community so that's a thing we'll put that link up i am interested so i'm going to put it on my radar of books to listen to can't know too much about attachment this is the shit that's making us all miserable yeah. um but yeah what a great conversation today oh this was awesome um i guess if you're out there in the world, like do the things, share our stuff, tell the people it's helping you, let other people know it can help them to listen. If it's helpful, if it's not helpful, then don't tell a fucking soul, obviously. Um, <laughs> talk about us, join our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, X, whatever the fuck you call those places now. I don't know. Just do your thing. Spread the word. Love people. We'll see you soon. Have you found that listening to the Recovery Sort of podcast has helped you in your day-to-day -day journey? Please share the message of compassion and well-being with the loved ones in your life. Connect with us more at recoverysortof.com, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, YouTube, and other social media spaces. And have a great week.